say what's in a name? Does anybody know what the next line is? What's in a name? Will the rose by any other name smell as sweet? Did anybody think of Romeo and Juliet? No, come on, Shakespeare people. Shakespeare. Shakespeare's meant to be like one of the greatest writers of all time. And he talks about names. Well, in Romeo and Juliet, he does. He goes on about names and he says, you know what? I, because there's like the Montagues and the Capulets, they're the two main people in Romeo and Juliet. And they don't like each other. But of course, two people, one person from Camp Claret and one person from Montague, falls in love. And so they say, oh no, if only you didn't have that name. If only you weren't in Montague. Like, does a name really matter? Today, I want to talk about names. And to help me, at the very beginning, I'm going to welcome somebody who already knows that they're coming up. So come on up. Because I can't tell people what your name is because that's what I want you to tell Oh, hello. Hi. Hello, it's nice to see you. Hi. Okay, for those who do not know, can you please tell the whole group of people here, what is your name? Catherine. Catherine what? Catherine Grace Patterson. And do you know why you were called Catherine Grace Patterson? Nope. No idea. Because you chose it. Yes. Well, Dad and I chose it. Yeah. Oh, do you know what your name means? No. No, I don't know what your name means either. I did look it up. I do know now. Yeah. So Catherine means, it's an English name and it means pure or clean. But I only knew that like two days ago when I actually looked it up. Because when Matt and I were choosing, and it seems strange to me that the only reason that this person is called Catherine is because Matt and I decided it, she would be. I don't know if that seems strange to anybody else, but like... We just chose a name because we liked it. I had to like the long version and the short version, and Matt had to like how it looks. <laughs> so the reason that Catherine is spelled K-A-T-H-R-Y-N is because Matt likes how it goes up and then down. <laughs> and I mean, there was other reasons too. But while we were choosing names, when I was pregnant with Daniel and with Catherine... I would say to Matt, especially when I was pregnant with Daniel, who's my oldest son, we need to think of a name. And he would come up with stupid names. But he, and I was like, we have to think of a serious yes. name. Yes. It's like we've got nine months, we've got plenty of time. It's like so, Catherine, you are just called Catherine. What do other people call you? Kathy, Little Miss Annoying. Which <laughs> <laughs> is sad. Um. Cool. So, Kathy, Little Miss. Annoying. annoying. I sometimes beautiful. call you beautiful. Yes. So why does Dad call you annoying? <laughs> <laughs> Would you? Because I'm annoying. Do, yeah. <laughs> Matt and Catherine made a T-shirt that have their faces on it saying "annoying" because they both like annoying each other. Do you know why we call you Little Miss? Um. Oh yeah. I used to have this T-shirt um, that said Little Miss Chatterbox. Um, because I kept on talking, so, yeah, but now I don't. (laughs) Yes, he does. So when I call you Little Miss, is that the same as calling you Catherine? Basically. Does it change who you are? No. No? Well, yes, because it means I'm little and and I'm a miss. (laughs) (laughs) 
when Catherine, last year, Catherine's school, waiting outside, and her teacher came up and said, oh, I need to tell you something that Cathy did today. And I thought to myself, I don't know who Cathy is. Like, I, I'm in Catherine's classroom once a week, but I didn't know who Cathy was. And so Catherine came out and I said to her, your teacher was telling me about Cathy. Who's Cathy? Me. And she's like, I am, Mum. Everybody calls me Cathy. So yeah. I didn't even know that my daughter was called Cathy until last year. Thank you, Catherine. Cathy, little miss, beautiful, annoying. Does anybody here know what their name means? Mackenzie, what does your name mean? Warrior of the Sun. Warrior of God. Warrior of God. Does anybody else know what their name means? Oh, Mr. Bree. Um, so actually in Mexico, like for real, if you go to Mexico, Sabri means potato chips, so I'm written on all the chip bags. <laughs> nice. Go, Daniel. Uh, mine means God my judge. I'm pretty sure mine means the Lord is God. His name's Joel, in case you were wondering. My name means youthful. Oh, nice, Julie. I should say people's name before they say. So... Paul, what does your name mean? Uh, my name means small or humble. So, you know, one out of two ain't bad. SJ <laughs> or Sarah Jane. Princess and gift from God. Nice. Jesus. Pretty cool name. In the Bible, there are about 200 names or titled titles that can be found in the Bible about Jesus. Anybody want to think of what some of them would be? Emmanuel. Yeah, Emmanuel, that's a good one. Jose. Yep, Jose. Anybody think of any others? There's two, over 200 of them. Oh, what does your name mean? Darren? Darren is a masculine given name of uncertain etymological origins. <laughs> some theories state that it's originated from the Anglicization of the Irish first name, Darag, meaning oak tree. Nice. Messiah, that's a good one. There's lots. There's King of Kings, there's Lord of Lords, there's Yahweh. In Matthew 1, 21, this is what an angel says to Joseph. She will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And if we go back to the Old Testament, Isaiah 9, 6 tells us, for a child is born to us, a son is given. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now Isaiah was written long before Jesus was born. And so this was a prophecy that God gave to Isaiah about the one that was going to come. And what you'll find from this moment on Everybody's looking for this person. And why wouldn't you? Everybody's looking for who this wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace is going to be. And if you keep on reading after what we call the Christmas story, you'll find that those people that have been waiting their whole life, and when they see Jesus, they say, wow, this is the one I've been waiting for. Because why wouldn't you want to wait for someone like this? Because he saves his people from their sin. If you did not know that your sins could be forgiven, what joy would it bring you to know that it was? 
that it could be. Or think back to the time when you first realised that all the wrong that you do, all the time that you marked up, that that isn't actually held against you. It's actually forgiven. If that didn't bring you joy, it should have. Because it's wonderful news. It's fantastic. It's brilliant that our sins are actually forgiven. He's a wonderful counsellor. Has there been a time this year when you've needed a counsellor? When you've needed some advice? When you've needed some direction? When you thought to yourself, if only there was someone I could go to that could help me with what is before me? We do. And he's not just a counsellor, he's actually a wonderful counsellor. Because I don't know about you, but I know some counsellors, and some of them are not so wonderful. And even people who aren't actually counsellors, some people who give advice do not give the best advice. They might try to, they might be trying to be helpful, but in some cases they're actually not very helpful. Or you follow their advice and you realise that their advice was pretty much wrong. In this case, we're not just having someone to give us advice. We have a wonderful counsellor in Jesus. The everlasting father. I know that for a lot of people in this world, father is not the best word. For a lot of people, their father is not someone that they particularly look up to. I know people who don't even know who their father is. I know people who wish they didn't know who their father was. So when we say that Jesus is the everlasting father, we're actually talking about a good father. We're actually talking about the best father. We're actually talking about the kind of father that I hope a lot in this room have had. We're talking about the kind of father even better than I had, and I've had a pretty great father. A father who actually cares, who is there for you, who loves you, who protects you. That is the kind of father that Jesus is. But he's not just a father that is only here on earth. He's an everlasting father, which means he always will be. But Jesus will always be the good father that you need him to be. Mighty God. And this is the mind-blowing thing about Jesus. Jesus, almighty God. I don't get it. I don't get how Jesus can be God and God like they're one and the same. I just know it's true. And God isn't just a weak God. He's not a God like lots of other gods. He's the one true God and he's the mighty God. And that is who Jesus is. Prince of Peace. Now, when you hear the word Prince of Peace, I remember thinking, does that mean like he governs over peace? Is peace a country that he is the prince of? But pretty much it does mean that. It means when Jesus goes, he brings peace. I hope that each one of you have experienced the peace that comes only from God. Because don't we all need it sometimes? When things are not going the way that we want them to, and when we cannot change anything, 
having peace in that situation, how liberating is that? How comforting is that? And that is what Jesus is. He brings peace wherever he goes. In Matthew 1, 18 to 25, it says this, And this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he was considering this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. He did not have sexual relationship with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. This is the one that Elise told us about, Emmanuel, God with us. Even if this year has not been a year where you've needed peace or needed a father or needed a counsellor or needed an almighty God by your side, all of us need to know that God is with us. And that's our reason that Jesus came. He came so that you and I could know God. Because before Jesus came, we could know God in part. We could know God if we did the rules and, and regulations that he had laid out. If we were an Israelite, if we um, did all the Jewish rituals, then we may know a bit about God. But Jesus came and was told that he would be Emmanuel, God with us. And we can say that really just off the hat. Oh, yep, God's with me. Cool, God's with me. But have a think about it for a second. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The one that is above everyone, who alone is holy and lives in unapproachable light, is what a verse in John tells us. That is the God that is with us. That is the God that gave up all his power, all his omnipotence. Omnipen- I can't even say the word, but I'm sure you know what I mean. Came to earth so that we could know God and God could know us. Who do you need Jesus to be right now? What's happening in your world and who do you need Jesus to be? Do you need someone who's going to save you from your sins? Do you need forgiveness? If you do, It is there for you in Jesus. Maybe you need a wonderful counsellor at the moment. Maybe there's things going on in your life and you just need someone to give you that wisdom, to give you that direction. 
may have been that you've gone and talked to lots of people. And they may have given you good advice. But you need to know what God is saying. That can be found in Jesus. Maybe your world is so upside down and turned around that you need the Prince of Peace to come. In your family, in your life, in your work situation, maybe you just need some peace that is found in Jesus. Or maybe you need a mighty God. Maybe you need one who will fight for you, who will protect you, who will stand alongside you and say, this is my child, back away. Maybe you need an almighty God at the moment. That can be found in Jesus. Maybe you need a father. Maybe you need someone to come and say, come and sit on my knee. Come and be protected by me. Come and know my love. Come and know that I am here with you. Which leads us to, maybe you need Emmanuel. Maybe you need to be reminded that your God is not a distant God. He's not one that doesn't hear you, who doesn't know what's going on. He actually knows every hair that is on your head. And he is with you. He's found in Jesus. But the thing is, these aren't all just different things and I can come and say, oh, I wonder what I want today. I think I might choose the Prince of Peace today. And tomorrow I might choose the Everlasting Father. And next week, mm, well, God, I really need the forgiving one. It's all the same. When you get one, you get them all. Jesus is the one that brings forgiveness. Jesus is the one that brings peace. Jesus is the one who is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Emmanuel, God with us. It's not, oh, today I feel forgiven, but I don't feel like I'm loved. Or today I feel peace, but I don't feel like I've got a father. Because it's all the same. No matter what you call Jesus, you get it all. No matter what you need from Jesus, you actually get it all. There may be times you're more aware of one area than the other, but it's all the same because it's all Jesus. When you get me, you get all of me. You don't just get me as one particular area or one name that I might be called and not another. I'm always a mum even when my kids aren't even here. That's who I am. That's part of me. So you can't get me without getting me being a mum doesn't work that way. I might switch off that brain and go, oh, my kids aren't here. I don't need to think about them. But it's still me and I'm still a mum. And so it's the same for you. Even when you sit here, whatever titles you have, they're still you. And they're still a part of you, even if you're not operating out of that part at that particular point in time. Just because you're sitting here and you're not at work, that doesn't mean that work is not a part of who you are now. And vice versa, when you're at work, it's not like, oh, I'm not a Christian anymore because I'm only a Christian when I'm in church. Well, that's ridiculous. That's not true. And it's exactly the same with Jesus. We sometimes think, oh, I feel this part of Jesus, but I don't feel that part of Jesus. But Jesus is all of it. And because of the Holy Spirit, we get all of him all the time, every moment of the day, 
But it's sometimes us saying, oh, I need to remember that he is still that one. He's not only, but he is whatever it needs to be for you. But you know what? If Christmas was all there was, if Jesus came as a baby and was born, the things that we remember at Christmas time, and then we knew nothing more about his life, he would just be a baby that was born just like all of us were born. The only thing that makes Christmas significant is the life that Jesus led and the death that he died. The world puts such a big emphasis on Christmas. But we know that Christmas is nothing without Easter. If Jesus did not die, take our punishment and then rise again, we could not have a relationship with God like we do now. Jesus coming to earth was the beginning of the plan for salvation. When these things were said about Jesus, he hadn't actually completed them. He actually hadn't become them. He was them, but they weren't seen. But by his death and resurrection, now we know that God is always with us. If Jesus never came to earth, he couldn't have died and then we would still be living in the Old Testament time. So Jesus had to come. But if he never died, if what we celebrate at Easter never happened, our relationship with God would be so, so different. Jesus' death and resurrection is what makes his birth so amazing. The fact that God himself came as a baby, lived a life and died so our sins can be forgiven and rose again so that we know that we will live for eternity with God. That is what makes Jesus who he is. That's what makes Christmas what it really is. It's not a story about a baby. It's a story about a loving God who came down to earth so that we could know him and he could know us.